The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 333 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is family caregivers, hearing loss, and family caregiving. Hearing loss is a common problem caused by aging, ear and health conditions, and noise. It occurs in children, and it can be inherited. Hearing loss is experienced to some extent by as many as 40 million North American adults. Hearing loss affects more and more people as they age, and by the time adults reach the age of 75 or older, about 47% of them have hearing loss. That's nearly half, in other words, which is a big number. Hearing loss in adults may interfere with conversations with friends and family, understanding a doctor's advice, and responding to warnings, alarms, and doorbells. Hearing loss may be accompanied by tinnitus. It's a medical word, T-I-N-N-I-T-U-S, which is a ringing, roaring, clicking, hissing, or buzzing, which may be heard in one or both ears, and which may come come and go, and which can be loud or soft. Hearing loss can lead to other problems, such as reluctance of individuals to admit that they have difficulty hearing. It can lead to depression in older people who withdraw from the company of others to avoid the frustration and embarrassment because they have so much difficulty understanding what's being said. And it can also lead to mistaken diagnosis when older people are thought to be confused, unresponsive or uncooperative when the problem really is hearing loss, which is why our topic Family caregivers, hearing loss and family caregiving is so important for family caregivers. To discuss it, our guest is Dr. Noreen Gibbons. Noreen is the lead audiologist for High Health Innovations and a field team. She's a field team representative for the state of Tennessee. Her responsibilities include assisting patients with hearing testing, fittings, and oral rehabilitation. And she's also responsible for ensuring clinical quality company-wide. Her 25 years experience helping people with hearing loss include large medical facilities and also advisor to local chapters of the Hearing Loss Association of America. She's a graduate of Central Michigan University and Vanderbilt University. 
She provides compassionate service for her patients, utilizing her extensive background working with patients of all ages and with all levels of hearing loss. Her passion is educating people on hearing healthcare, which includes educating patients about hearing loss and how it impacts their quality of life, as well as providing guidance to families and healthcare professionals who assist people with hearing loss. So welcome to the show, Noreen. Thank you very much. Great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your career and any experience that you have of family caregiving. Noreen? Okay, well, as you uh, heard, I, you mentioned my career has primarily been in medical centers where we also had an active dispensing program, meaning we actually um, did hearing aid fittings and, and worked with side-by-side side with ear, nose, and throat physicians and other providers to, to provide care. So it was very busy practice in southeast Michigan at Henry Ford and then also at Vanderbilt University, um, big clinic there as well. And it was an interesting uh, change into the position I'm in now. I'm not seeing patients quite as much, but trying to assist others and combining those years of experience that I had in the medical setting to a clinical program such as High Health. Very different approach that we have. The innovative part of our program is really the hearing health care delivery, but we can talk more about that later. As far as my own caregiving experience, I have a brother who is mentally impaired and grew up and um, with him. He's uh, six years younger than myself and, of course, a fair amount of care needed um, for someone who, who really needs 24 hours of supervision. Um, my mother's 86, so I know that qualifies me along with millions of other people my age as caregivers and also have had some experience with my husband who has hearing loss and, and some other health issues as well. And I'm thankful for the most part he, he does well, but I know that we all at some point in our life will either be recipients of or caregivers ourselves. So um, looking forward to what I learn in my life in uh, the hearing healthcare world to apply it to my own home as well. Right on. Noreen, please tell us more about your work with the company I call High Health Innovations, especially as it relates to family caregiving. Noreen? Well, a big part of what we're doing, let me back up a minute and tell you High Health Innovations is a United Health Group business, and United Healthcare has a very large Medicare Advantage program. The third most common requested benefit from the Medicare Advantage members themselves in surveys done over the years was a hearing aid benefit. Um, in the U.S., there's actually very little third-party coverage. And so United Health Group looked at different ways of providing a hearing aid benefit and decided to start their own program. That way they could kind of stick with what's proven in research, use what is proven to work, and then um, control some of the cost as well to make it more affordable for people. So the big part of our program is providing the most essential features in hearing aids, hearing health care in person whenever possible. So we have field staff around the country doing that more traditional model of care. But a big part is education, really trying to educate people on what else they can do. Hearing aids have come a long way. They're wonderful devices, but they're not a cure. And so a lot of what we do, we have what's called a user seminar 
where we every day, one of the audiologists, sometimes myself or others, we go through about a half hour of just general counseling about communication strategies, what will help, um, what might make life easier as far as assistive devices. So a big part of what we're doing is education because we know we have a good idea in the industry what works best, and so now it's getting to people who need the services. Can I just ask you a question about the counseling? Is that something you do, so to speak, in front of an audience, or do you use information technology like we're using today to do the counseling and provide it to a wider audience? Just about any way we can, we will provide those that information. So, for example, I'm at a, a national police organization event this, this uh, week in Montana, and I'm educating police officers about hearing health care, about being careful, about their wives are also spouses. I shouldn't say just wives, but spouses are also in attendance and talking to them about things because we know people who, um, the police officers, military members, first responders are more at risk for hearing loss. So we will provide in-person um, counseling, and but we also, again, have our information on our website. We've written a lot of articles, and we will provide a written copy or a webinar. Whatever way we can to get that message out, we will provide it, and that's the uh, High Health Innovations leadership team has been wonderful in, in letting the audiologists and the hearing health care providers really go out and do that sort of work, and it's so important. Right. Now, please tell us more about the range of services provided by High Health Innovations. Noreen? Well, we have um, the everything from traditional in-person fitting appointments, testing where the audiologists or hearing hearing instrument specialists both um, are licensed to dispense in their state in which they reside. So they'll provide in-person fittings. We also have a portion of our program, the other extreme, would be a mail order process. One of the examples I would use is someone who could go in locally for a hearing test, but let's say they didn't live within range of one of our field staff. They would submit those test results to our main office in Minnesota, and one of us would review those results many times, call, talk to the family members or the individual purchasing hearing aids themselves, and go through that process. Those hearing aids are then pre-programmed according to a formula that's been developed in Australia and is used around the world for many different hearing aid companies. And so we will pre-program those hearing aids and then give some flexibility around that for problems that might come up, tolerance to loud sounds or whistling, things like that, that are known to sometimes be issues with hearing aids. So then, so that's the other extreme. So there's not an in-person fitting, but we'll give as much support as we can, and a lot of that is by telephone and, and uh, the technology that's available. And then in the middle there, we have people who might get the hearing aids through the mail order process, but uh, see what's called an external provider, who is someone who has our software and cables and can make modifications as needed. So we've been successful with all three approaches, I'm glad to say. Very different model. That's very, very impressive, because what you're doing is covering a wide area, isn't it? Yes. Using one or other of the services, you're able to provide the services that are needed by people, even though there's distance, um, there's the challenge of getting 
in touch with people and all of those kinds of things. And it sounds to me as though you've conquered all of those problems. Have you? We uh, we have. I mean, we we've really when you when I learned about this program about three years ago, I will tell you my first response was, well, that won't work. That'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to take a step back and think it through. And I spent a couple of months doing that. And then lo and behold, I thought, you know, this could work. And it actually is really needed service to people in this country. As I mentioned, not a lot of third-party coverage. In southeast Michigan, there was a great deal of third-party coverage. I moved to Tennessee and saw people, many of whom were my own age, um, children in college, children in different, and maybe becoming caregivers, and they said, I can't afford hearing aids. I know I need to do something. I know I'm having issues. Mm. I'm heading into that age where it's important, but Boy, five or six thousand dollars for a set of hearing aids, and so when when I saw that and realized it was a, it was a bit of a wake up call, um, just how important some coverage is. So marvelous, was, yeah, that was absolutely marvelous. Now, talking of wake wake up calls, Noreen, we've got to take a short break. This is where I always say we have to pay the rent, so okay. we'll do that now. But we are coming back. Yep. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Dr. Noreen Gibbons. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray with his co-host Linda Crater as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Adoption changes a family forever, for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial, and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Noreen Gibbons. Our topic is family caregivers, hearing loss and family caregiving. Um, Noreen, now let's talk about the challenges created for family caregivers by hearing loss of family members and of themselves. So first question, what are the most challenging of the challenges created for family caregivers of children with hearing loss? Noreen? Well, that is a um, really interesting question. So much depends on the degree of loss and when it's diagnosed. Certainly when hearing loss is present at birth, it's a very different situation because so much of the language learning occurs between birth and two years of age. And so getting children diagnosed early, getting them into rehabilitative programs early can have huge outcomes. And as a matter of fact, there's lots of Evidence of that now with cochlear implants, which are used for more severe to profound deafness, but they will implant children very young ages at this point, and um, I'm not involved in implants in pediatrics, so I'm not sure. I know that some are a year old or, or 11, 12 months of age. That has had huge, huge impacts and improvements on speech and language ability. In fact, now even when I'll see children out and about, and I've seen this in, you know, in my own grocery store, a young man one day with, um, obviously with implants and listening to his speech, you, you could barely detect that there had been a hearing challenge early on, and talking to his mom found out that, yes, he indeed had it at birth, and so those sorts of things are, are really um, of big benefit, but one of the bigger things, one of the more practical things was a, would be a parent calling from another room to their child with hearing loss. It's, if that child is in another room or two rooms away, there's so many barriers in between the parent and the child that many things would be of benefit, for example, texting. You know, if the child doesn't oh, yes. have to have a cell phone, it's a great way. Hey, dinner's ready. The poor mom or dad doesn't have to, you know, get up, walk across the room, go up the steps. Um, so those little things in technology are very beneficial. But another device is called an FM system. It's a remote microphone that the parent might clip on their shirt collar and allows direct input into the hearing aids. Any t- or so whether the device the child might be wearing to help them hear better. Anytime we can get a direct signal to a person's ear with hearing loss, we are going to have better outcomes. So a direct signal, teachers will often use these devices, but I can see parents driving in the car, for example. They need to keep their eyes on the road, keep their focus on the road, and perhaps the child's in the back seat. Some of the best conversations in the world with my own children occur in the car, and they've said that this is a really great opportunity for parents to talk to their kids, especially about difficult subjects. So having those devices to help make everyday communication experiences easier easier is so important and really beneficial to that relationship with, with the children. Thank you. Very, very powerful what you've just said. Noreen, Let's ask you the question, what are the most challenging of the challenges created for family caregivers of aging adults with hearing loss? Noreen? Probably one of the biggest ones is, of course, recognition of hearing loss and acceptance, perhaps, of what the technology can do. Um, Then that comes from both parties. We, We know that there's a lot of reluctance to acknowledging hearing loss. There is definitely a stigma out there about it, but at the same time, that um, reluctance to, 
to acknowledge it creates a lot of frustration on the parts of family members who are having to deal with perhaps an aging parent with hearing loss. I attended a workshop a few years ago, and there was a panel discussion, and one woman who was a caregiver for her mother um, thought that as her mother got older, her mother preferred her brother because she always seemed to talk to him and answer when the brother talked, but when the daughter talked, the mother didn't seem to interact, and really had a big impact on their relationship until someone pointed out that the mother's hearing loss would have made it much easier for her to hear her son's voice as opposed to her daughter. And the daughter said it was a bit of an epiphany. I never thought about it that way, but the relationship became so challenged and and just such a struggle. So the effect on relationships is just huge because if every conversation is a challenge, then you have to you have to you wonder how long people will continue to try and or you know maybe we'll give up or communicate less and so i think it's important for both parties to recognize the impact that the hearing loss is having recognize you know, what the hearing loss is like what things would be easier what things would be more difficult and uh, respond accordingly that's also extraordinarily important Um, emphasizing the difficulties that it's creating for relationships, not just communications, but relationships. That's what you're stressing, isn't it? It really is, yes. Yes, communication is important, but the relationship that underlies that, you know, that simple communication is, is key. And as we age, I think what becomes more important to us than anything else is our family and the people around us. And I've heard many very elderly people, you know, say that that's, one thing that they wish they had started doing something about a hearing loss sooner because they realized the, that more time went on, the more challenged those relationships had become. And sometimes they don't even realize it themselves. It's very hard for people to recognize sometimes the impact that hearing loss is having on them personally. Right, right. absolutely. Now, next question, same format but different focus. What are the most challenging of the challenges created for family caregivers who themselves have hearing loss? Noreen? You know, one of the best examples I can give of of seeing that was two different patient scenarios. One gentleman who I saw for relatively mild hearing loss, and I don't think any degree of hearing loss is a mild problem because it creates challenges in very different ways. But but according to the decibel scale that we use, it was a mild high-frequency loss. He came in for a recheck few weeks after I'd fit him with hearing aids, and I did the standard, how are you doing? And he said, good. And I said, how much are you wearing them? And he said, well, I only wear, really wear them when I'm at home. And I kind of did a stop and look, wait a minute. Most people wear them when they go out into different environments. And he said, no, you have to understand, I'm the caregiver for my wife. She is ill. Her voice level, her voice is very weak, and I can't hear her to respond to her at home. So I have to wear these when I'm taking care of her. And I thought, boy, talk about, you know, I was almost 30 years in, as an audiologist, and I didn't think that scenario, didn't think it, you know, didn't, hadn't thought of that one. So even a mild loss for him was a major problem in his caregiving because of the, the ability to hear and respond to things that were happening for her. 
I had another gentleman, similar scenario, his wife had ALS, and it was the same sort of thing. The voice weakens, Parkinson's disease, you've got a 10 to 15 dB drop in voice level. So the caregiver or the person living with that person who's got voice challenges from different diseases is really affected with any degree of hearing loss. So there, that can become a much bigger challenge than it would be, you know, for us to, to consider and, until we're stop and think about you're in the next room and your caregivee is in need of help for something and you may not realize it or hear or be able to respond as, as you would like to because of a, a hearing challenge. Noreen, I just want to follow up on that question. Family caregiving is very tough. Um, mm-hmm. Family caregivers need all the support they can get and don't always get it. That's yeah. what really this show is about. But what you basically said is that it matters that the family caregiver who has hearing loss um, is taken care of in the sense of they're provided with a hearing aid or whatever it is they need to be able to communicate because without that, they're not able to fully and properly provide the care or understand the needs um, of the person that they're providing care to. Now, have I got that right, first of all? You certainly have. And, And one of the things that we also know for people with hearing loss is they tend to get fatigued more often. It's hard to listen. It's, when, when you think about the focus, when you have good hearing, you can tune out a fair amount. You can still get the gist of the conversation and multitask perhaps or be reading and still understand. When you have hearing loss, you are working so much harder, and this has been proven in, in lots of different studies where there's a listening, a fatigue that develops. And so that's the other challenge. Caregiving, as you mentioned, is hard work. It's, it's not always, um, well, we won't go into that, but a lot of you know, things that's underappreciated in our society. And so but you add the fatigue that comes from listening and trying to concentrate all day long. Perhaps if someone is working all day and they come home and they have caregiving responsibilities, you really want to tune out a little bit. And with hearing loss, it does, you don't have the luxury of, of tuning out. It's, it's more of an on-all-the-time sort of um, demand. This is just a quick question, and it's a very loaded one, Noreen. Do you, in your work, focus, have any particular focus on family caregivers on matters of this nature, Noreen? Um, we, we always try to provide the education for the family caregivers. If I had my way, we'd talk to them more often. Um, In our program, we're trying to do that. In fact, a lot of what I was doing was trying to reach out to caregiving associations um, to to focus on that because I think it's so important. And again, those couple of scenarios with those patients really got me thinking about what that would be like for family caregivers. Uh, we, We will do as much as we can, but sometimes, you know, getting that message out there, there's a lot of, in the hearing aid, um, industry that focuses on the individual with hearing loss, and I think that's wonderful, but I think we're missing the boat, so I have a great opportunity in the, in the job I'm currently in to do some of that. I'll, like I said, I'll do as much as I can myself, but uh, I think it's important that caregiver groups and support groups think about the impact that hearing loss is having um, and talk to caregivers about it. Great. Now, 
It's time for the break once more. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guest is Dr. Noreen Gibbons. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Ooh, Janet Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Noreen Gibbons. Our topic is Family Caregivers, Hearing Loss, and Family Caregiving. Now, Noreen, let's talk about ways of overcoming the challenges created for family caregivers of family members with hearing loss. Now, I want you to say more about the ways of overcoming the most challenging of the challenges that you've talked about, created for family caregivers with children with hearing loss. And you took us back to the first year of the child's life. Please talk about the ways of overcoming the challenges. Noreen? Okay, well, there is a lot that can be done, but one of probably the most important things is a good support system. The school systems and pediatric um, programs out there are of great benefit, but so many times 
people are maybe living in more remote areas. They can't get to, to appointments. Maybe mom and dad or both can't go or extended family can't go. So the support that's provided by organizations such as the A.G. Bell Association for Families with, with Children with Hearing Loss is very crucial. I think getting to know other families in similar situations because hearing loss to the general public is such a challenging thing to understand, especially if it's not profound deafness. And oftentimes when I tell people what I do for a living, they assume that I know sign language. And over 30 years, I probably have less than 10 patients who use sign language in my adult population and probably about the same number in the pediatric population because but the profound deafness is definitely a different category, different services are needed. But I think getting peer support, just having other family members or, I'm sorry, other um, friends and, and people in your community who know what you're going through is huge, even if you don't necessarily follow the same um, guidelines or recommendations, I think it's hugely important to just reach out and connect to people who understand that. So there are organizations out there that allow for that. Like I mentioned, AG Bell is one of them. Right. Now, what are the ways of overcoming the most challenging of the challenges created for family caregivers of aging adults with hearing loss? Noreen? Well, one of the things I would recommend is, is look at the First, it is going to be some of the technology issues. Um, first goal is audibility. If, if people don't want to or can't or choose not to spend, you know, thousands, three to $6,000 for a set of hearing aids, that's understandable. Sometimes I think it, because people maybe can't do that or don't want to, they assume that no hearing aids at all is, is the only other option. But audibility, just hearing better, is the first and primary most important goal. So there are hearing aids that are affordable out there, and, and that's a good thing to start with. Some of the other things are having good expectations for those hearing aids. They're not a cure for hearing loss. They are wonderful devices, but... If you talk from another room or two rooms away or you're turning around and walking away while you're trying to carry on a conversation, again, hearing aids are not going to be real beneficial because it does require a fairly good uh, distance. Um, and I'm sorry, short distance, about three to six feet is really what we say is ideal. So a couple of family rules would be don't talk until you have that person's attention first. If you're communicating with someone with hearing loss, it's really important that you get your attention. Hey, Gordon, or hey, Noreen, first, and have them looking and facing you. That just cuts down on so much frustration, so much repeating. Um, really important to do that. Another thing is not talking from two or three rooms away, as I mentioned, getting in, making the house a little bit quieter, um, turning the television down, learn where that mute button is on the remote control, making things easier for everyone, bringing noise levels down. But so, again, that's a little bit more of technology and communication strategies. Um, those are really important, but there's also peer support for Adults with hearing loss, the Hearing Loss Association of America, for one, is a great resource for people. They've got peer support all over the country, the U.S. anyway, and, and there's lots of local chapters where they'll have technology, medical updates, all sorts of things available that will help people living with hearing loss. It's, it's, um, so it's technology, advice, 
um, peer support, social activities, different things that will just make hearing loss something you can live with and live with successfully within good expectations. Just an extension to that question, uh, when you're talking about sort of peer support and things like that, are you talking also about support groups, Noreen? Yes, I am. Yes, the Hearing Loss Association of America is the largest um, consumer group for hearing loss in the U.S. And I uh, just attended their convention a couple weeks ago, and, and they have a lot of peer support across the country. They have lots of local chapters in large cities and even in some smaller ones. And it's one of the best-kept secrets for people with hearing loss. It's really a great group to, to get involved with. Now, I'm just going to ask you another question that flows from that. Um, there's a, sometimes in some groups good interest, strong interest in matters of spirituality. That is to say, where people are living with a medically incurable condition, condition that my once upon a time profession has no cure for, then they are wanting to be in the company of others to share experience and also to share knowledge and information. But sometimes they want to support each other through something that amounts to spirituality. That is, believing not necessarily in any, any particular religion, but just believing that there's something beyond mm -hmm. what they're suffering. Do you encounter that, Noreen? I do, and, and I have to say one of the most heartbreaking things, though, is how much people start to withdraw from that very community when they have hearing loss and they're not able to communicate well. I, the number of people over the years that have told me they stopped attending worship services because it became one more place that was so difficult to hear. Um, if I think if every uh, member of the clergy across the country knew how much that was happening, they would all be buying assistive listening devices for their their um, facility tomorrow, because they they sometimes are not recognizing. Again, it's such an invisible condition. You know, there's many invisible handicaps, but hearing loss is definitely one of them, and hard to explain to others yes. because they. They go to the jump that it's profound deafness when actually it's it's very different than that. It's like a filter. So, it, but people do withdraw from just at the time you know at a time when they really do need that interaction. There is that withdrawal. Now others will go in and march into that that um, house of worship office and say, "I need something for this hearing loss," and they'll be benefiting probably the entire congregation if. If some of those simpler devices that are available are used regularly, um, there's. But we really do. We need people to to recognize if that's happening because that's a place where you really want to go and get comfort, not be frustrated. Right, right. Another. Thank you, Noreen. Another strong answer. Mm -hmm. Now, what are the ways of overcoming the most challenging of the challenges created for family caregivers who themselves have hearing loss, Noreen? Well, a lot of that same um, same sort of advice applies. Um, if you are taking care of someone and you have hearing loss yourself, then look at some low-cost technology alternatives to make life easier. I, I think it's probably so much now we're relying on texting with phones, but there are other 
devices, um, a monitor system, for example, that would make it easier. And that's a more extreme, I'm, you know, assuming a bedridden or perhaps wheelchair, physically challenged person that's the caregiver that that uh, maybe can't get to the same room as the caregiver with hearing loss. Um, also, again, those, those recognizing caregiving is a, a socially isolating event for people. So, because I know when, for example, I mentioned my husband's had some health challenges and we don't go out very much anymore because he's usually um, down for the evening early. And I know that sometimes I will hesitate to go out and do things without him. So recognizing that is happening and countering that a little bit before it becomes too much of a habit and you yourself have withdrawn. You've got the maybe the hearing loss that's helping with that, not helping in a good way, but um, producing that effect, and then also the challenges of caregiving. So, you know, maybe picking up and, and getting a little bit more forceful and say, you know, I need to go do this. I'm going to go out with this group of friends or I'm going to attend this event. Maybe recognizing that it's going to take a little bit more of an effort, but acknowledging it, I think, is very important for people. What, what, um, I often hear from family caregivers is, and those who care about them in a way that you do, Noreen, is they have to take care of themselves. Yes. Um, they have to look after their own health because if they don't, then they're not able to do the things that they know they want to do and have to do. And you've just added one to the list, and that is um, for family caregivers to take care of their hearing in the ways that you've been talking about. Yes. That is to ensure that they are able to hear when they need to hear, to make sure that they can live a life where hearing is important so that they can go out and relax and ha take a rest, not in any way to desert their family member, but rather to build their strength so that they come back energized for their family caregiving. And I know I'm repeating myself, but you've made very, very clear the importance of hearing, communications, and assistance with hearing that is impaired for family caregivers in the situation where they themselves are affected by um, hearing loss. Uh, again, I want to stress this is important, and I would like to make sure that your message, and I'll try to do this, gets through to the what I'll call the spiritual communities about the importance of giving people the kind of support they need to hear what's going on. Another key point you just made. Yeah. Now, we've got to take the break again, so we'll do that, but we're coming back. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Dr. Noreen Gibbons. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. 
Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as the show is often hosted by national experts in the fields of leadership, teamwork, management, corporate responsibility, accounting, governance, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be more trustworthy. Your hosts are trusted professionals with years of experience in applying strategies with today's leading organizations. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Noreen Gibbons. Our topic is family caregivers, hearing loss, and family caregiving. Noreen, let's talk about more things that you would like to do and you would like to see done to provide more help in overcoming the challenges created for family caregivers of family members with hearing loss. So, question number one, what more would you like to do to provide more help in overcoming these challenges you've talked about? Well, I'm hoping it's a direct enough answer to your question. One of the things that we know from hearing loss and studies with hearing loss is, first of all, it it doesn't get better. Unfortunately, I wish I could tell you differently, but hearing loss tends to either stay the same or progress. And we know from some research that's been done, just some recent research in March and then also about 2010, there was some research done that shows that hearing loss has a bigger effect on overall health than what we ever really had evidence of before. I can tell you as an audiologist and seeing the stories, you know, I've known that it's a big impact on people. I've heard too many of the stories to, to not think that, but there's some evidence that there's a relationship between hearing loss and dementia that is somewhat alarming. John Johns Hopkins did the research. It does not mean cause and effect. So it doesn't mean if you have hearing loss, you develop dementia. That's not what the research showed. But it does show there's association between the two that's not well defined yet. So mild hearing loss made, it was um, twice as likely to be associated with later onset dementia. Moderate was three times and severe was five times. So those are numbers that we need to pay more attention to. Getting hearing loss recognized by Primary health care providers is also very important. They're, they're so swamped with so many things they're dealing with. 
but getting them to pay a little bit of attention, ask the leading questions to get people in sooner. Because one of the things that we know happens is people wait sometimes five, ten years before they do something about a hearing loss. There's a lot that goes on in five to ten years' time. That withdrawal starts in where, you know, people are not recognizing that that's becoming an issue for them as they go out, even perhaps into a support group for, like I mentioned, the Parkinson's um, disease, and maybe you have a caregiver who's going trying to get some support and finding it's not a, a pleasant environment because of the challenge with hearing loss. So, again, it's a more serious issue than what it's given recognition for, and that's part of my goal is, is not to, you know, don't want to sound like Chicken Little or somebody too much of an alarmist, but I think we need to pay better attention to it and recognize it and not maybe as many jokes about it as there have been in the past. I I know that it's sometimes people are uncomfortable talking about it, but getting people to acknowledge it and treat it sooner is hugely important as we right. go forward because we have evidence, again, showing not only the depression and the withdrawal and some um, personality changes that occur as a result of hearing loss. Noreen, what more would you like to see done and by whom to provide more help in this kind of things you're talking about? Noreen? I'm sorry, by, could you repeat that? Yes. What more would you like to see done and by whom would you like to see it done to provide more help in overcoming the challenges we're talking about? By Noreen? whom? Okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, I think health care providers um, would, would really benefit from some re-education with hearing loss and even some more public awareness where we've been involved with the Hearing Loss Association doing some public service announcements that we hope get to people um, to get them encouraged, you know, get them um, in for testing sooner, get some of that social support that they need. Perhaps um, making it part, we do know that the Medicare, uh, Welcome to Medicare evaluation in the U.S. does indicate that hearing testing should be done at that age, but that might be a little bit too late to wait. We the, their task force, the U.S. task force um, on prevention and, and health issues, didn't recommend hearing testing as one of the entry exams, but they are starting to revisit that because of the data that we have. So making our policymakers a little more aware of it as a challenge, I think, would be good. Probably some more third-party coverage or at least some benefits that making, uh, making it more affordable for people the stigma is actually decreasing a bit. Um, people, for example, people with Bluetooth headsets are now, if you show pictures of persons wearing hearing aids or insert headphones or Bluetooth technology, it used to be the hearing aid wearers were, were judged a little more negatively, and anyone who uses a Bluetooth headset, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to be judged a little more neg negatively by the general population. I, I don't mean that as a criticism, but if we can reduce the stigma of hearing loss and hearing aids, that would be a wonderful thing. And, and those are the sorts of things that I would like to see done. Um, again, taking it a little more seriously. Preventive measures would be huge. Um, our military, I know, does a fair amount, but it's a reality that that is the number one and number two disability that have come out of Iraq and Afghanistan has been hearing loss in tinnitus. So getting some preventive um, measures 
in place more often would be helpful, but that's a challenging thing to do, very challenging. Right. right. Now, very last question. What is your message, your message, for family caregivers about overcoming the challenges of hearing loss? Noreen? Um, my message would be there are, there are technology out there of all different costs and, and lots of support out there. It's a matter of seeking it out, and I would hope that people would get the technology. It doesn't matter if it's a $10,000 set of hearing aids or portable amplifier. It's still very good technology. Don't hesitate to use it. Anything you can do to make life easier to communicate would be very important. Would you see any need on the part of family caregivers who are struggling to overcome the challenges, getting themselves organized in any sort of social sense so that they get their voices heard and understood by the politicians, by the healthcare professionals and the rest. What would you say about that? Oh, I think that would be wonderful. It's a very diverse group in many ways. Caregivers, you know, we, you, it's a, that's an invisible condition as itself. You can't, can't really tell who's caregiving, and many of us are, and, and many of us are, are facing that in the future, whether we realize it or not. But I do think getting some voices together to promote and, and also to make, make the needs known is very important, um, whether that be through, you know, some, some work with the Hearing Loss Association. I'm not sure that that's something that they've considered taking on, but that would be a great group to, to start that sort of movement because that's such a recognized need. I'm going to say, respond to you in this way by saying, for me, this is an extremely powerful episode that we've done with some very strong messages. Thank you very much. If you in your organization, your colleagues, think that there's more that can be done addressed to family caregivers, perhaps through another episode of this talk show, um, please do get in touch with me because everything you've been saying resonates with so many of the things I've heard, which is more and better support for family caregivers, more and better understanding of what their burdens are, and more and better understanding of the need for them to communicate among themselves, that is, through support groups, or maybe through email, or whatever it is, where they talk together, share their experiences, and discuss the solutions that they found for themselves. So in that sense, they're mobilizing them around the challenges and also the action to meet them. So that's an open-ended invitation. No need to respond now, but I'd love to work with you again. Okay, now, well, thank you. Now, we've come to the end of this very, very great episode. So thank you, Noreen, for all that you've done, said, all the advice and insight you've given and all the understanding that you've conveyed to us. Very powerful indeed. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Living with Quadriplegia and Succeeding in Business. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. 
Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 